Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey toward self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, I am so excited to welcome Abmari Saez to The Light Within. She is a Dharma coach and breathwork facilitator, and we are talking all about how to up-level your spiritual awakening. Abmari shares how she had her own spiritual awakening and the signs of awakening you might see in yourself. We talk about quantum healing and how it impacted her. And we also talk about different methods of channeling. Amari is such a light. It was a joy to speak with her. And I know you guys are going to love this episode. So here's a little more about Amari. Amari started her self-transmutation journey by packing her bags and moving across the country in pursuit of a purpose-filled life. She is now in full swing as an entrepreneur, as a Dharma coach, and breathwork facilitator. She specifically guides women and BIPOC to become the creators of their dream lives and take action on those dreams today. She works with ancient practices and practical tools to help recalibrate the inner compass that exists within us to dig into what lights us up and align us towards embodying that existence now. So please join me in welcoming Amari Saez to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. So first things first, the question I love to ask everybody is what ignites your light within? I love that question. And for me, it can be so many things, but I think what's at the core is there is like creating and sort of like artistry, just that can take you on so many roads and go in so many ways. And so it really opens possibilities, but yeah, just having my hands in something that's to be, that's just, that's so exciting. Hmm. I love it. So for folks who aren't familiar with your work, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you bring to the world. Yeah, I would love to. So my name is Abmari. I am a Dharma coach. So that's something I think that's coming up newly in the world. Um, But really, the focus is to find, you know, like you, what lights you up, what ignites your soul and really pursue that. And again, I think that can look in like so many things and, and take you on so many journeys. And it's not just one path. It's several things that you can really open yourself up to once you find that like purpose within. So that's really, you know, the work that I do is help people find that light um, and just move towards it, like just head on. Um, Because I think when you focus on that, that's when you start to see like ease in your life, even though problems come up, there's still an element of like flow and, and beauty. And so that's really what I want to bring to the table for people. Mm. And so when did you discover this purpose and passion of your own to, you know, become a Dharma coach or, you know, what was this whole like process like to become the person you are now? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think my like soul journey started 
at childhood, um, I've always been this like very, very spacey kind of understanding this other world, so to speak. Um, but I also, you know, think through some of the childhood traumas that I had experienced, like that just opens you up to a different world. Um, you start to have to become a little bit wiser uh, and notice different things that, you know, some other people don't, which is fine. You know, everyone is on a different journey, but this one really cracked open for me really, really young. So it's been long, <laughs> um, but amazing at the same time. Um, there were bumps and all of those things, I think, got me to this point of really wanting to help people in this way. Um, for so long, I was like, I want to help people. I want to help people. But I didn't know what that looked like. And so once I created clarity and vision in that road and what helping people looks like, um, it just, yeah, like something really flourished and blossomed. So that was really beautiful. <laughs> mm. And I love talking to people who have said things like, oh, this was like me, me from childhood, like my spiritual awakening was very recent, like in the past, yeah. it was in 2019. So the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And so I love speaking with folks who kind of have felt this way for years and years and years. So would you say that you had a spiritual awakening or have you always been just spiritually awakened? <sighs> That's such a good question. Yeah, no, I think it is the latter. Like I think I was born sort of awake mm -hmm. um, or rather like my path 100% was to be awake and it had to come in whatever capacity that looked like. And so there were just like, I think levels of like, you're waking up, you're waking up <laughs> kind of like throughout my life. So, and I think that's kind of the journey a lot of people take is um, sort of like a loop of an awakening. You know, it's not just like one thing, potentially it's, it's many things and, and the veil just continues to unfold mm -hmm. uh, and show you different things in each stage of your life. So I think that was also part of my experience, just like the unfolding and the unleveling, uh, the up-leveling really too, of, of all of the <laughs> awakenings I've experienced. <laughs> yeah. What do those things feel like for you? Cause I know what it felt like for me. And so mm -hmm. I'd love to see, you know, what are some of the feelings you felt in your body as you were going through the yeah. awakening spiral? Mm. So many things, so many like oppositions as well. Uh, I, I felt a lot of duality and it's, it's something I still really live in right now, trying to get to neutrality, but still. Um, so like it was fast, but slow and, and exciting, but so scary. Like there were dark moments as well. And especially as, you know, you look into those parts of yourself, you know, the shadow side, as mm -hmm. people like to call it. Um, yeah, you, you explore things that you don't necessarily want to explore. And so it was loneliness at times, but like such connectedness, like I, at some points could feel everyone and I still do like, there's just this strength there in the weakness, like in the vulnerability. And so, yeah, it was, it was everything at once. Um, but also in the capacity, I think that I could take it in those moments. So like there was an ebb and a flow, right? Like I just went through both sides of the emotion and really allowed myself to feel it as well. Mm. And I think a lot of people talk about like, what is that phrase? The dark night of the soul or like <laughs> sometimes these awakenings happening after either big T trauma or small T trauma or just little things that happen throughout your life. I know that's how mine was. Like I had a very <laughs> turbulent twenties. Um, mm. and so I would say my awakening happened when I was 30, 
was I 32, 33? But looking back, it's like I noticed that all of the shit I went through definitely brought me here. But when you're in it, for me at least, I didn't see myself out. So if someone is there in that phase of their life and they're listening to this, what would you say to them? Like you've kind of hinted on it, like it can be really lonely. And Mm. for me, it was like, I, I didn't even know how lonely I was until I came out the other side. That's to me, the beauty of it. It's the, I like to call them like information points. They're touch points. When you feel this loneliness inside that tells you like, I'm looking for connection. And that allows you really to to be in an action place once you're clear on what you want and what you need and what your soul is asking for and looking for. And part of that, I think, is also like declaring it, asking for help sometimes. Like in those lonely times, what I thought that I should do was like, come back into myself. And what I really, really wanted was to go out to others. So Mm. yeah, just using those, those points as like information, like see that for what it is. Like we don't have to attach ourselves to these feelings. We can really just see them for what they are and use them as a tool rather than something that's going to, to hurt us. Like I think once we can reframe a lot of what happens to us as like places for us to move forward, we can really move mountains in our own lives and and affect others as well. Mm, that was beautifully said. So, okay, let's talk about then like the whole collective consciousness. You kind of mentioned mm-hmm. already with your your role as a Dharma coach that um, you feel like this is something coming now into the, um, at least the lexicon of, nor- of I say normal people, <laughs> of, of most people, um, maybe folks who aren't just like deeply immersed in the woo, which I find yeah. myself to be. So do you feel a rising? Do you feel a, a collective awakening? Do you think it's the pandemic that started it? I have my <laughs> own thoughts. Um and I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like I have, I'm a Gemini moon. So I have like such opposing thoughts all the time. And and I'm so okay with that. Like I question everything. <laughs> I believe everything. And, and so I go back to, well, partially like I have this belief of things happen as they should. And so like in the respect of like the coronavirus, I think it created a cause that needed to happen and was just the catalyst to it. It wasn't the thing that started it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was just like a lever that was pulled to sort of open the doors for a lot of people. Um, And I think, yeah, as I was saying before, like a spiritual awakening, it's like levels, right? So like this isn't necessarily the first, um, but it's another you know, outside layer that's opening up. And so now more people are in this bubble, um, which is to me, it's just sort of like the way evolution works, right? Like, so now just more people are in this like spiritually awakened place where things like magic exist and like manifestation and all that happens. And I think that's just really like an evolved state of humankind really. And so we're trying to take as many people with us, right? That's yeah. The, goal. the more the merrier, honestly. Yeah. And so when did you start hearing your call to move into this more coaching aspect? Have you always been a coach? Like when did that kind of happen for you? I think for people who like really consider themselves a coach, that 
probably like it's been something that they've done most of their life. Like I have always been the person that people ask questions to and almost about anything. Like mm. it's it's just so and like I say that in such like a humble way as well, but like <laughs> they're they're coming for like relationship and like financial advice. And I just have like just a lot of I retain a lot of information partially is the thing, but I think also like just connecting with people I love so much. And when, so someone has something to work through, I just want to break it down. I'm like, let's, we can make this into small parts that we can actually move forward in today. And like that, I, I actually really, really love like problem solving is so fun to me. Mm, I love, I love all that. And I know that you did Sahara Rose's um, Dharma Institute. Uh, funny story. I almost did. <laughs> Yeah. So I was in it. So I jumped in it and it was the first, you know, cohort or whatever. And I was ready to go. And then I, uh, was notified that my, like, I don't say my teacher, a woman who I'd followed for years because of my own journal journey with my menstrual cycle, she was starting one for menstrual coaches. And I was like, oh shit, Mm. I got to bounce. So, you know, they had that like two week period and I'm like, this is the call. Like, this is it. So I went into that instead, but I'd love to know, did you read her book and what is your Dharma type? (laughs) (laughs) So yes. Um, I think I'm sort of like in the middle of it because I do as I go. And Mm. so there's so much to do that I'm consistently like journaling and stuff like that. So I do know my Dharma archetype. I have three that are actually quite level. Um, but my very like first one is entertainer, which I find hilarious. Um, because I wanted to be an actress when I was a kid and I remember I used to make comics and I would leave them bulletined on my bedroom door (laughs) for my family to read. It was a lipstick, a compact, like I don't even remember the life that they had, but they existed. And it was weekly and it was so amazing. So yeah, <laughs> that doesn't like surprise me, but it's so interesting that it's lasted, I guess, oh this my long. God. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then another one that's um, also actually level to it is visionary, which, yeah, again, like I've just been born in the clouds. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah, makes sense to me. I love it. I want to see those comics. I bet they're hysterical. Like, where are they now? <laughs> oh my God, that's a trip. Mine is like teacher very high. And then, um, I was also entertainer, which makes sense. Cause I'm a news anchor. So it's like entertainingly teaching you, I guess is what yes. that was all about. Um, so let's talk a little bit about quantum healing. And I know that's something mm-hmm. that you have dealt with. What is, I've heard of quantum leaping, but I haven't really heard of quantum healing. So what is quantum healing? Yeah. So really that is sort of all energy work. Like if you, understand even a little bit about physics, which is all I know. I know really, truly I'm not educated in physics, but I do understand matter and vibration. And that's really where anything like quantum comes into play because what you're looking at is like things in motion and matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So quantum healing is like, um, if you've ever heard of or experienced like Reiki, that is where those sorts of things come into play. So it's going to be taking or excuse me, moving into this like different energy field, right? And so the vibration is different. That's, you know, when you start to go into these different planes of existence, like this is in my sort of belief where we can manipulate time and things of that sort. So quantum leaping is, you know, in my opinion, the manipulation of time. You can sort of move yourself forward um, and literally embody 
someone that you are in mm. the future, like <laughs> in the present. Like it's it's actually quite interesting and, and can go in depth. Like I can rabbit hole this, um, mm. you know, all day. But yeah, so the work of quantum healing really exists in this outer plane because if you can change, you know, the the matter and the vibration of this, you know, ethereal space, then it'll take form in your physical body and you don't actually have to do anything. You kind of just have to believe like this is where um, the theory of the placebo effect comes mm. into play. And we actually all know that that is true and exists. Mm -hmm. That belief, that actual belief that something is happening changes the frequency of your energy field and will start to manipulate your form, which changes your entire like existence, the way that you see the world, the way that the world interacts with you. So yeah, that's kind of like the long and short of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so do you think it's like more simplified? I've heard things like think good thoughts and like, you'll feel better, like kind of like that. I mean, I feel like that's yeah. very, very simplified, but I've also, I will sure. say, looking back, it's very easy for me to point out like, Ooh, I was super high vibe then. And shit was going real well versus mm -hmm. like, Oh, you're kind of, you got stuck a little bit right there. Like, I love this whole idea that you're saying it's like, I guess it's how I'm hearing it. Like thinking it to feel it or something. And, and, and yes, yes. Especially to the last part. It can't just be a thought. It has to be a true feeling because that's when your body then exists in that belief, right? Okay. And so you can sort of take it all in together and, mm -hmm. and embody that in action and in thought and in, in spoken word. Um, and it has to align in that way. Um, so I, I like to go back to like the intention. If mm -hmm. your intention is actually high vibrational and not coming from a place of like fear or something that's going to bring you into a lower place, then the outcome will be that vibration. So it's very important, yes, to like think it, but also feel it in the way in which you want it to, to be, the state in which you want to come from. Um, you know, to me that the highest one is love. So like if you can always enter that state as you are healing, um, you know, in this quantum way, like the outcome will exist on that level. Mm. Is that why gratitude's so important? Like living from gratitude? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because it's almost twofold in a sense where like you're telling the universe everything that I have, I am so grateful for. And they're like, amazing, have more, right? Like mm. you're grateful. You want more graciousness. Like you want to have that continue to level up. Like it's, it hears everything that you're saying and that you're feeling. And there was this interesting study, and then I don't know like the super depths of it, but they it was a plant study. And so um, he had two of these same exact plants and he talked to one of them like really sweetly and really kindly. And he talked to the other one like in words that were mean, right? Like he would swear at it and, you know, all of these things. But the thing of it was he actually paid more attention to it and sort of had this like fun, playful, loving connection with the one that he was swearing at, that hmm. one actually grew. So you would think that it was because of the loving words that he was saying to the plant, but it was actually the intention and the attention that he was giving this other plant that he was swearing at. So hmm. <laughs> if you can sort of like break that down and understand that, like that intention, that 
attention that he was giving it was actually so strong and so powerful that it made that plant grow. Mm. I can hear this and like feel this in my own body with this example. So it's like, you can tell yourself you love yourself all the time. If you don't feel that shit, it's not going to work. Like I can, right. Like I can be like, you're beautiful. You're amazing. But if inside you're like, ugh, you're kind of gross. Like, why did you eat all that? Like, it's just the difference between the surface level chatter, what you're affirming to yourself, like all the affirmations, right? Like you can do all the affirmations in the, in the whole damn universe. But if you aren't changing the way you feel inside, okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, a subtle change. Like it doesn't have to be this astronomical thing, right? We're talking about feelings. Like we really can bring those up at any time. Like <laughs> we know that's true, right? Like you listen to a song, you play a movie, all of those things can bring you to an emotion. Mm-hmm. So we ourselves are also able to like manipulate that and use it to our advantage. That is a skill. That is a tool. That is a technique in order to exactly like get you where you want to be so like that feeling really has to exist and you know it it's my you know understanding that using your senses is really what's going to get you there so like some people are a little bit stronger in scent so like bringing in scents that make you feel a certain way are going to bring you that energy and then you can exist there and do from that place and so I like to play around with things like that, especially like with the people that I work with, Um, you know, using the things that resonate with you. And I think this kind of goes into like how to find your inner compass, channel your own energy um, is finding, you know, those, those sensations that align with you that feel right for you. And like, we're going to work with that. We're going to play around in that space and see what comes up because that's, there's so much existence and possibility once you open those doors. Absolutely. Now I know you work with a lot of BIPOC folks. Um, and I have to ask, like, do you find people who have lived life where they have been in oppressed situations or they've experienced trauma to really have issues, um, kind of figuring out quantum healing or just moving into Dharma and purpose in general? Yeah. I think what's sort of amazing about quantum healing is like, you can be in any place in your healing journey. You don't have to be completely cleared out in order to receive. Like that is, I think, such a misnomer that a lot of people who are healing just in general think about, but especially, um, you know, the people that potentially don't have access to things that will heal them. And so everyone has this like expectation of when I get to this place of healing, then I can have this, then I can have that. It's like, no, you can actually have that today. That doesn't have to exist for you later on down the road when you found this place of, you know, what you consider healing. You're healing right now. Like, let's just do it all together. So yes, I do find resistance and I found it in myself as well. And I think that's why I I so heavily like love working with that sector because it's so difficult to navigate this alone. Like it really, really, truly is. And I say that from experience. Like I took this long in healing because I didn't ask for help and I didn't want to be, you know, looked at as a burden and to be you know, having to pick apart some of the wounds that do exist for, you know, my culture. And so 
that is a heavy, heavy thing to unload. But what's on the other side is like so beautiful. And I know so many women that have done this sort of like healing experience and the life that they live now is it's something unimaginable. Like, mm-hmm. like our imagination actually can't compare to the things that are possible. And that's the places that I see them existing in right now. And it's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. It sounds amazing. I love the phrase, you can be whole and still healing. I think that was somebody I talked to on my podcast, like first season, like um, Rachel Pringle. She says like, you're, you can be whole while still healing. Yes. We are always whole and complete. What we're doing is expanding. We're not like filling parts up of ourselves. We're going in this sort of like outward motion. And I think that's the difference if we can see healing in that way. Um, Yeah. Nothing's broken, right? Like we're we're not fixing parts. That's Mm -hmm. not actually true healing. We're just expanding our current capacity. There's nothing wrong with the state of being in which we are today, Mm -hmm. in which we were yesterday or in our future selves. Like there's always going to be what people consider problems, but what do they exist as? Like it doesn't have to be this negative attachment. It can just be something that expands us further. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about um, channeling. What do you feel like? What is channeling? What is channeling? Yeah. Do you channel? I, I've, I've probably channeled a couple things in my life, but I'd love to hear what your experience is with it. Yeah, I think everyone has and can. And kind of like, I love circles. I love closing them. So circling back to like the sense of you know, the physical five senses that people, you know, sort of lean towards. I think that's how channeling can actually be done. And it's really, you know, to me, the connection to divinity and source, God, universe, you know, whatever you want to call it, channeling is actually going straight to that and receiving. And that can be healing, that can be information, that can be visual, that can be sound, it can be sent. And so, Again, when we use sort of like all of those senses, we can actually really start to hear the words, you know, feel the vibration of the universe, the source energy that exists. And that is, I think, also very individualistic to, you know, how people channel. And and a lot of people say these things like, I can't do that or, you know, that's not for me. It's like, actually, it's for everyone. You just haven't found the one that works for you. And that's okay. Like, you just play with these things. It's something to explore and have fun with rather than like see rigidity in it. Like it has to look this way. Um, so yeah, that it's, it can be so many things. Mm. So it's like messages, right? Like channeling can be messages or feelings. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, there are, you know, certain forms that people do use. So, um, like scrying, which Mm -hmm. is just like writing through you know, channeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, a certain form and, and people, I, I personally do like to use that, but also um, there's a thing called, well, I'm sorry. So, so that's scribing, which is um, written word. Scrying is actually looking at something of like a black surface and you'll actually start to see images and people will sort of interpret that as messages. So really, yeah, the intention behind channeling is to receive in some sort of way because 
when you connect, I mean, I think maybe this is a little egotistical of like the human, human nature, but like when we go and connect with the divine, like we want answers, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're like looking for things. So yeah, I think that's a lot of the time when we open that door um, to receive those messages and those answers. And I like to look at it too, as just like, and knowing. So I, I was like, while you're talking, I'm like, God, I know I channeled something. What the heck did I channel? Uh, Leslie, you channeled the literal name of this podcast. Don't you remember? Like, no, I, I was meditating like in early 2021 and I wanted to start the podcast and I had no idea what to call it. And all these things were coming out and I was in my little meditation area with my Oracle cards and my tarot and meditating. And then it was like, Oh, the light within, like, that's what you should call it. Like, okay, great. Yeah. That's like, for me, an example, but I feel like it's also examples like knowing if like you should take this job or knowing if you should break up with this dude or whatever. That's for me, very practical reasons or very practical examples of ways this came in for myself. Yes. Yes, exactly. And like, this is something that I sort of love to go through with people is that body wisdom, because I think once you actually, there's a few ways to receive, um, for me at least, you know, one is going into the body and, and looking for that wisdom within because that exists within all of us. Um, the other way is sort of like going outward, um, you know, sort of like looking up to receive from this, mm-hmm. you know, energy source that exists outside of us. And the, the thing of it is it's, it's the same. <laughs> it's just how you feel comfortable channeling it. And, you know, for people that have, you know, done that and tried that, um, the ones that are a little bit more comfortable with it, you know, try using the opposite way and seeing, you know, like going into the body and feeling like, what is it saying to me right now? Like, or even just like picking a part of yourself, like, okay, like, let's talk to the hips today. Mm-hmm. Like, what are my hips saying to me? There's actually so much information there. It's actually kind of ridiculous, like, especially in our hips as humans, the way mm-hmm. that we sit and hold things in it bears a lot of our weight. So just talking to, you know, your body in those ways is actually channeling. Like you're going to be put in this sort of meditative state. This like another way of looking at it is like a trance where Mm -hmm. you're so connected to like truth and love in the universe and sort of now going into like that woo woo again. But yeah, like you're so connected that you're going to start receiving, you know, information, especially when you start asking questions. Mm. I think for me, and it's kind of what we were speaking about earlier, it's easy for me to look back and see times when I was very much in flow and high vibe. And then times when I was like the complete opposite of that. It's also very interesting and easy for me to look back and remember the feelings I had in my body about certain things that at the point in time, I had had no idea what the message was. And now, however many years later, I'm like, oh, that's what that was trying to teach me. So I love that you're talking about like the body, knowing all the things. Like my example is like (laughs) my body knew I should divorce my first husband like years before I did it and years before the shit came up that actually led me to doing it. Like infections and allergies and like weird stuff, right? Just like a weird sinking in the womb feeling. And like now it's one of those things where... I always tell people like, look back and like, look back now that now, cause hindsight's 2020. But like, if you are questioning what your body tells you now about whatever experience you're currently going through, can you look back at what's happened in your past and know that you were told a message that was the right message? Will that help you now trust? 
Mm, I love that. That's such a beautiful reframe because if we can do that and see those experiences, I like to think of it as like a collection of truths. Like we can see the power in it because even looking at the example, which you're saying, like you didn't necessarily take action on the truth, but the truth existed and it came to fruition anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if we can actually just follow the message, whoa, like Mm -hmm. your loops are going to close so much quicker. And I, and I love to think of it that way because like exactly with what you're saying before, I notice experiences in my past where I was like, I remember like kneeling down, crying out to God, like, what is happening? Why is this my life? What are you doing to me? And where are you? And looking back today, I'm like, the thing was already done. Like it was already in motion. I was already existing in this place of having been saved and having been put in the place in which I need to be, to be who I am today. And like, that blew my mind. I was like, wow, if, if I just remembered like who I was and the fact that nothing really exists as a bad thing, like everything is happening for us. If we use it, we can actually move in such greater lengths. Like what we were talking about before, quantum leaping. Like when you can see those experiences for what they are, rather than attaching this like emotion to it and feeling like it belongs to you, like none of it belongs to you. If we release it and Mm -hmm. use it for what it is, which is information, like we can move mountains. We can change the trajectory of our lives. Like it's, it's that simple, but that hard as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The complexity, you know? (laughs) So how can people work with you? Like, what are your offerings? What are you up to these days? Yes. So I do a mixture of one-on-one coaching and I also do sort of like group um, work as well. Because I think there is such a power in numbers. Like when two come together, like you really can do things, you know, in, in much greater time. So yeah, there's elements of both, but I can be found just like on my social media. It's got all of my links there, but that's basically, you know, what I'm focusing on now. I also have some like retreats that are coming into play sometime soon this year. So yeah, really just focusing, you know, my energy kind of in, in this intimate setting, because I think a lot of people right now are coming into this like new place of awakening and it can be you know, difficult to navigate that. And so I really like, I'm not necessarily a teacher. Like I don't actually teach anyone anything, but to find the teacher in themselves. And so Mm -hmm. just having like some accountability there is, is really like the path that I'm on right now. I love it. And I'll put links to all of your social media in the show notes. Anything else you feel called to share that we didn't talk about today? Gosh, I'm, I'm feeling just, yeah. So so, so blessed to be here and like really, really gracious to be able to have this space to sort of talk about these things. Cause I think, yeah, as this new era of, you know, the spiritual awakening comes up, um, you know, they really need these sort of resources to, to go to. So I would just say like, don't, you know, don't be afraid to look into those kind of like things you might consider taboo or the parts of yourselves that, Others may be 
unaccepting of, like, as long as that's your, you know, it's calling to you, follow that. Like really, really honor again, like what is calling to you from your body, from, from the universe, just be open to listen. I love it. Amari, thank you so much for being here. Thank you as well. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. I loved getting to know Abmari and hearing more about her story. You can connect with her on Instagram. I will put her link in the show notes below. You can always connect with me on Instagram as well at Leslie Draffin and at the light within podcast. Shoot me an email. If there's someone you'd love to see on the show at the light within podcast at gmail.com. Remember the best way for you to support this show is to continue rating it, reviewing it and sharing it with someone you love. I hope you guys have a great week and know that there is no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.